Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shear will be on Parshas Va'era. In Parshas Va'era, we read that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends Moshe to Paro in order to ultimately bring B'nai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu that he will not meet with immediate success. It says in Perak Zion, Pasuk Gimel, Bani Akshah Eslev Paroi, I will harden Paro's heart. And I will increase my signs and my wonders in the land of Mitzrayim. Let's see one more Pesach. And Paro will not listen to you. I will put my hand, meaning I will put my strong punishing hand upon Mitzrayim. And I will take out my armies, my people, the Bnei Yisrael from the land of Mitzrayim, Bishvatim Gedalim, with great judgments. The Yadu Mitzrayim Kini Hashem, and Mitzrayim will then know that I am God, that I am Hashem, Bintosi Es Yodi Al Mitzrayim, when I stretch forth my hand upon Mitzrayim. Bautsesi Es Bnei Yisrael Mitaycham, and I will take out the Bnei Yisrael from amongst them. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, I want you to go and talk to Parai, but I'm going to harden his heart. He's not going to let, let you go right away. And I will do a lot of miracles and I will deliver a lot of punishments, the 10 plagues I will uh, impose upon Mitzrayim. Let's see Rashi. Bani Akshah, I will harden Paro's heart. Now, before we even see the Rashi, Mefarshim, uh, such as Gorarye and others, they point out that this is a this is a difficult pasuk to understand. So how could it say that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to be makshe a slave Paro? He's going to harden Paro's heart. We have a general principle that a human being is given bechira. A human being is given choice, free choice, that he may do either what is good or what is not good. A person is not forced by a Kodesh Baruch Hu into doing good or to doing not good. So how could HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell Meishu Rabbeinu, I'm going to harden Paro's heart and he's not going to let you out of Mitzrayim. So Rashi says, Since Paro uh, acted evilly and he rebelled against me by enslaving the, the, the Bnei Yisrael, and and it is evident in front of me, I know that there is not a nachas ruach, there is not a, a will amongst the nations to give a full heart to do tshuva. I know that the nations are not really prepared to do tshuva. We'll mention parenthetically, there are um, some uh, texts of Rashi that don't say that it's ein nachas ruach ba'umais, not that, the, the, that this uh, desire to do tshuva is not present by the nations, perhaps it is present by the nations, 
but some versions of Rashi, some texts of Rashi read that there was no desire by Paro. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw into Paro's heart that he really does not desire to, to, to shuv, to do tshuva, to repent. So since this is so, since he's very bad, and since I know he really doesn't want to repent, he doesn't want to do tshuva, so tovli shi bo. So it is good for me that his heart will harden. Laman harbosbo ososai, in order that I shall increase my signs. It's better he should be stubborn, and I'll whack him with wondrous signs. Why? Visakiru atem gurosai, so that you, bnei Yisrael, will recognize my strength. And so is the way of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Hashem sometimes brings punishments on the nations in order that the Jews should listen and fear. Interesting. As it says in a Pasuk in the Navi, I have smitten the nations their corners have been laid desolate, their lands have been laid desolate. And the Pasa continues, Amarti osi I said, I said, what is the purpose of this? Just osi, that you, Klai Yisrael, should fear me and you should take Musar, you should take rebuke, you should be rebuked and you should understand that you also, uh, you need to do good. Otherwise, such things could happen to you also, Chas v'sholom. So that is Rashi's answer to this problem of Bechira. How could it be that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to harden the heart of Paro? Doesn't that mean that his, his free will to do either good or bad has been taken away from him? So Rashi says, you're right. When a person is, is bad and when a Kodesh Baruch Hu sees that this person really doesn't want to do tshuva, he really doesn't want to be good, so sometimes the Kodesh Baruch Hu decides, you know what? Let him be the way he is so that I can beat him up really bad and the Klal Yisrael will be able to, to learn a lesson from that. Now Rashi adds on, nonetheless, regarding the first five of the ten Makos, it doesn't say by them that Hashem strengthened the heart of Parai. By the last five, it says, by Hashem is Parai. So that's the idea of, that's the same, that's a parallel phrase to Akshe is Parai. I will harden his heart. And there it says, I strengthened his heart. I made him more stubborn. But by the first five Makas, Rashi tells us, that it doesn't say, Ella, rather, by Yechzak Leiv Parai. By the first five Makas, it says that Parai's heart hardened. How did it harden? He made it hard himself. He was a stubborn fellow. He's not a nice man. He had enslaved the Bnei Yisrael, and he was not uh, interested in, in, uh, in freeing them. There's a lot to talk about in this Rashi. I'd like to touch on a few relevant points, a few points. Certainly, uh, I could not possibly uh, exhaust uh, all that, uh, all of the, some all of the points that could be made about this Rashi, including some very profound ones. As we've mentioned already, Rashi's main purpose here is to answer the answer the question of what happened 
two paras bechira. We should note that Rashi here is saying uh, what seems to be an original answer. The Rambam, the Rambam very famously <coughs> says a different answer to this problem. Let's take a look at the Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva, Perek Vav. In the sixth parak of the Rambam, Hilchas Tshuva, so the Rambam addresses this problem. He starts off by saying that he starts off really in the previous chapter that every person has Bechira, every person can either do what's good or what's not good. However, he begins Perek Vav by saying, Psukim Harbe Yesh Betoiro of Adivriyan there are many verses in the Torah and in the words of the prophets, which appear to be contradictory to this point. And he begins to explain how it could be certain psukim in the Torah and in the Nevi'im, which seem to be, he starts to explain some of these seemingly contradictory psukim. And he says as a general rule that when a person sins, so he is fit, he is worthy of being punished. However, and there's all different kinds of punishments, so Kodesh Baruch Hu knows exactly what kind of punishment to give. However, if the person does tshuva, so then the Rambam says, tshuva Tshuva is like a shield in front of the punishments. If you do tshuva, you're okay. However, says the Rambam now, in Allah Gimel, it's possible that a person could sin a very big sin or many sins until the judgment will be from the true judge, meaning from Hashem, that the payment to this sinner for these sins will be that this sinner did from his own will and his own knowledge, the punishment will be that they will take away his ability, they will prevent, prevent him from doing shuvah. And they will not allow him to, re, to return from his evil. Um, in order that he should die and be and be lost and be destroyed because of these sins that he did. In other words, sometimes a person does such a tremendous sin that a Kodesh Baruch Hu just says, look, that's it, I prevent you from, from having Bechira. Most human beings have Bechira. Generally speaking, human beings have a choice to be either good or bad. You have no more choice. You cannot do tshuva because I want you to just disappear. And the Ramam now mentions our Pasuk. He says, Therefore it is written in the Torah, Ramam quotes a different Pasuk. This Pasuk is really stated in Parshas Mishalach, but he's mentioning the problem of Parai. I will strengthen the heart of Parai. The Rambam says, because Parai sinned on his own first. And he caused harm to the, to the Bnei Yisrael who were uh, 
sojourning in his land. As it says in the beginning of Parshish Shemos, come, let us deal wisely with them and let us find a way to, to destroy them. So the San Hadin, the law was, to prevent him from doing Tshuva, until they would finally be paid up from him. Therefore, Kodesh Baruch Hu strengthened his heart. So you see the Rambam's answer to this problem of what happened to Paro's free choice is that Paro was such an, an extreme sinner that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took it away from him. Rashi is a little more complex. Rashi says, yes, he was a sinner, and certainly not of the, uh, of the minor variety, but that in and of itself is not the whole story. He was a sinner, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that he really didn't want to do tshuva. He certainly was not uh, gung-ho about doing tshuva. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had, he had a cheshman, he had a calculation, what he wants to get out of this situation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, It is good for me that his heart should be hardened. Leman harbos bo ososai in order that I should increase my wondrous signs, my fantastic punishments that I will bring upon him, the Sakiru Atem Gurai And then you, the Bnei Yisrael, will recognize my, my strength. It's not that Paro was so bad that a Kodesh Baruch Hu took away his Bechira. That's what the Rambam says. The Rashi is, again, as I said before, a little more complex, it's that he was bad, and he was not really interested in becoming better, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu used him as a tool to teach us how great HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. That's Rashi's solution to this problem. Okay. A question that, that, that needs to be raised is that uh, we're saying that, that Rashi wrote what he wrote here and explained what he explained is because he was bothered by the problem, what happened to Bechira? Doesn't every person have Bechira? The Maharal, um, actually not, we'll leave the Maharal alone, but uh, some, some people, I have said this myself at times, that what's the source in the Torah of Bechira? What is the source in the Torah of Bechira? So um, one could say one could say that it's a Pasuk in Devarim uh, I have placed before you life and good, and uh, I have placed before you death and bad, and you shall choose life. So you see from that Pasek that you have a choice between what's good and what's bad, what's going to bring you life and what's not going to bring you life. 
that is certainly a very strong source for Bechira. However, we have a rule in Rashi, which I believe in very strongly. It seems to be very strongly the, the Rashi's way of doing things, that when Rashi raises a question, particularly a, an unstated question, but when Rashi addresses a problem, it's not based on a later Pasuk in the Torah. If the first place in the Torah that said Bechira was in Dvorim, so then Rashi and Shemos would not be considering that, that problem. It must be that there's an earlier source for the whole idea of Bechira. So where is this earlier source for Bechira? If we look at the Rambam in Perek Hay of Hilchas Chuba, so the Rambam gives a source from someplace very close to the beginning of the Torah. Let's take a look at the Rambam. Rishus kol adam nesunoloi. Permission, ability is given to each person. If he wants to tilt himself, if he wants to turn himself towards the good way, the liyos sadik, and to be a, a righteous person, the, the ability and the permission is in his hand. If he wants to turn himself to the bad way, and to be evil, so the ability is in his hands. A person may choose. This is what's written in the Torah, in, in Parshas Bracious. Now this Pasuk was said after Odom and Chava ate from the eight Sadast, from the Tree of Knowledge. So, and then HaKadosh Baruch who said they have to leave Gan Eden. Why? Because Behold, the Odom, the, the species of Odom has become like one of us to know good and evil. Now here the Ramam explains the Pasuk. Klemar, this means to say, Hain, min ze shall Adam, this species of Adam, hoya echad ba'olam. He was one in the whole world. He is unique in the world. And there is no other species which is similar to him in this manner. What is in this manner? What is this matter? that he, from himself, with his mind and with his thoughts, knows what is good and what is bad, and he is able to do all that he wants, because now he's eaten from the eight sadas, so now, uh, now he has internalized the eight sahara, now he he has, he, it's, it's equal now. He could do what's good, he could do what's not good. He's Osa Koma Shucha Fates, the Ainle Mishi Akeval Yado, Mila Saisa Tevara. And there's no one who will stop him from doing either good or bad. There are consequences, but he can do it. He can do what's good or he can do what's bad. The Chaven Shekane Hu, and since this is so, Pen Yishlach Yado, lest he will stretch forth his hand and he will now take from the eight Sachayim and he will live forever. So the Rambam is understanding from this Pasuk that, that, that what does it really mean that the Odom 
is Ladas Toivarata. The Adam has the ability to know good and evil, to know good and bad, means he has the he is able to choose freely between good and bad, and no one can stop him, and therefore he might go ahead and eat from the eights hachayim. Now the Ramam doesn't here really explain and what would be so terrible if you would eat from the eights hachayim, but a Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't want that. That's really not the subject. What's so bad about that? It's something that Hashem doesn't want, and this Adam just may do it. Now that he has ingested the Yetzirah by eating from the fruit of the tree. So, the Rambam says, this is the source in the Torah, that there's such a thing called Bechira, and you see it's uh, something that's right near the beginning of the Torah. Could we say that Rashi had the same source? And in my humble opinion, we cannot say so. Because let's take a look at what Rashi says about this Pasuk. It is, Rashi explains it a little bit differently than the Rambam. Let's see again the Pasuk. Hashem, Hashem Elokim. And Hashem God said, Behold, the Adam is like one of us. To know good and evil. And now perhaps he will send forth his hand. And he will take also from the Eitzachayim, from the tree of life. And he will eat and he will live forever, says Rashi. He has, he has become like one of us. The Adam, the species of Adam, is now singular, is now unique in the Tachtonim, in the lower realms, in the earthly realm. Just like I, Hashem, am unique and am alone in the upper, supernal realms. Just like there is one Hashem, who is obviously superior to everything else that is in the upper supernal realms, the, the celestial bodies and the heaven and the, and the, and the malachim and whatever's up there. So too, the Adam is yachid b'tachtonim. He is clearly superior to everything else that is in the lower realm. And umahi yechidu so, says Rashi, as he explains the Pasek. And what is this uniqueness? What makes Adam unique? Ladas toiv that he knows the difference between toiv and ra. She'ein kein bebehema uvechaya, which is not so by, by various kinds of animals. Animals just do what they do. That's their instinct. That's been imprinted in them. That's in their DNA. The cow eats grass and the lion hunts deer and so forth. But Adam knows toiv and now perhaps he will send, stretch forth his hand and he will even take from the Eitzachayim and he will live forever. And Rashi says, and when he will live forever, he is then going to come be close to causing the other creatures to be mistaken after him. In other words, the other creatures will start to think that mankind is God. Mankind will then, is, if, if mankind could live forever, then mankind would be so infinitely superior to everything else on earth that the other creatures on earth would start to think that mankind is divine. Akadosh Baruch Hu is not sharing his, his royalty, his kingship with mankind. 
that he's not interested in doing. That's, no, that's not something HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. And therefore, since Adam, by eating from the, from the Eitz Hadas, has become more godlike, and now he has a chance that he could even eat from the Eitz Hachayim, and he could be even more doubly godlike to the point where the Briyais, where the other creations will begin to worship him, Chas Shalom. So Kodesh Baruch says, no, no chance, buddy. I'm throwing you out of the Gan Eden. You're not going to know where the Eitzah Chaim is. And at least you'll be mortal like all other creatures on earth. That's how Rashi explains this passage. Now, he's not saying like the Rambam. He's not saying that it does not seem to be focusing on the point of Bechira. I'm not saying that Rashi in any way um, contradicts the point of Bechira here, but I would not, I would not say that this Pusik, the way Rashi explains it, is a source for the principle of Bechira. So where is the principle of Bechira according to Rashi? And I think we have to go to one more Pusik. And it's also quite close to the beginning of the Torah. Kayan and Hevel, the two sons of Adam and Chava, we are told that they both bought Korbanais to Hashem, and Hevel's was accepted by Hashem, and Kayan, his Korban was not accepted by Hashem for whatever reason. That's not the, the issue now. And Kayan, Vayiplu Panov, his face, Vayicha, the Kayan Ma'od, Kayan was very upset, Vayiplu Panov, and his face fell down. He was very disappointed and angry that his Korban had not been accepted. And so, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Kayan, Haloi im teitiv seis. Now these words are not easy to translate. If you will do good, seis, it will be carried. I'm doing the best I can. The imlay seitiv, and if you will not do good, la pesach chatas revates, by the doorway, the sin is crouching, ve'ilecha teshuka so, and for you is its desire, and you will um, you will uh, rule over it. You will you will win over it. And Rashi tells us, according to the Targum Onkelis, according to the Aramaic translation of Onkelis, that is how you should explain the Pasek. So let's go to Onkelis. And this is what the Targum says. Hello, im totev. Isn't it so that if you will do good, ovadach yishteveklach? So then, your your um, your actions will be allowed for you. Meaning, your actions will be put aside. Your your bad actions will be forgiven. And if you do not improve your actions, dina chetach So for the day of judgment, your sin is guarded. Your sin is waiting for you until ultimately there will be a judgment. In the future, it is going to be um, taken as payment from you. You're going to have to pay for it. If you do not repent, if you do not do teshuvah. But if you do teshuvah, it will be let, it will be allowed, it will be set aside. Now, so the Pasuk is saying, look, you could either be good, or you could not be good. And the end of the Pasuk says, 
But let's see Rashi. Let's see the Rashi here. And to you is its desire, Shalchatos, the desire of the sin. Hu Yetzirah, which really means the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, the desire to do the sin. So its desire will be for you. It's constantly yearns and desires to make you stumble, but the but you will rule over it. If you want, you will overpower and you will win over it. So what do we see from this Pasik? The way Rashi and the Targum are explaining it. If you're good, your sin will be forgiven. If you're not good, the Yesahara is going to keep looking for you. But if you really want, you can rule over it. So what do we see from this Pasik? A person has Bechira. person cannot say, I was forced into it. person has a choice to either do what's right or to do what's wrong. And this is right here in Reish's uh, Perik Dalit. And therefore, we can understand that Rashi in Shemos, in, in Parshas Va'ero, when he found a Pasek that says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to harden the heart of Paro, he said, Rashi Arakashi, what do you mean Hashem is going to harden the heart of Paro? Doesn't it say in Brachis that a person may either do, do good or not do good, and that's his choice. And he always has the possibility of doing good. So Rashi gives his very interesting answer. I'd like to focus a little bit on the end of the Rashi here in Parshas Bo'era. After Rashi says his very interesting answer of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the Bechira away from, from Paray, he then adds, and nonetheless, by the first five of the plagues, it does not say that Hashem uh, hard, strengthened Paro's heart. Ella, Vayechazek Lev Paro. Rather, Vayechzak Lev Paro. It just says that Paro's heart got hard on its own. Now, going back again to our principle that Rashi concentrates on the Pusik that is in front of him and doesn't usually ask questions based on later Psukim. So we have to understand why Rashi is getting involved in the first five Makkais next set, set of five makas. At this point in the narrative, none of the, none of the makas have happened. So if Rashi is telling us that that uh, there's a reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing this, and it does not contradict the general principle of Bechira, which is expressed in, in Bracious Paragimel. Okay. Why would Rashi bring up the fact that by the first five makas, it doesn't say specifically that Hashem strengthened Paro's heart. Let, let Rashi talk about that when he comes to it. At this point, none of those makas have taken place. I think we can say a very simple answer. According, according to Rashi, why did a Kodesh Baruch Hu take away Paro's Bechira? It's not simply because he's such a big Russia, and therefore that's his punishment. That's what the Rambam says. Rambam's very important, but that's not what Rashi's saying. Rashi is saying that Paro was a Russia, he did some bad things, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that he was not likely or certainly not um, very willing to do tshuva, and therefore Hashem said, 
I will make an example out of him. I will beat him very hard. And you, Klal Yisrael, you should then come to recognize my, my strength. And he proves this from a Pasuk in Safania. The Pasuk in Safania says that I smote the nations, their corners, the corners of their lands were laid desolate. And I said, why did I do this? I said, I did this because I wanted you, Klal Yisrael, to fear me and to take rebuke. Now, in other words, when a Kodesh Baruch Hu brings a catastrophe upon one of the nations of the world, the deep-lying reason is because a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants Klal Yisrael to be awakened to do tshuva. He wants us to learn a lesson. He wants us to look and say, oh, look what happened to those people in, in Mongolia. They had an earthquake. We better understand we better fear Hashem and we better be good. Because look what a Kodesh Baruch Hu can do. However, it must be that those Goyim, those nations who are suffering whatever catastrophe it, it, it is, it must be that they, they have some sin. It can't be that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is simply beating them up for our for our benefit. And that's, I'm not saying that only on a, a moral level. I'm not only saying that it isn't fair. It's not fair. And I don't think HaKadosh Baruch Hu would do that. But more than that, besides that, I don't think it would accomplish its purpose. Because let's say HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, kills 10,000 people in Mongolia with, a, with an earthquake. And it is everybody knows that the people in Mongolia are absolutely righteous. There isn't a sinner amongst them. They are the most righteous, peace-loving, kind, moral people that one can imagine. So then what kind of Musr are we going to take from that? We're supposed to take Musr from the suffering that goes on in the world. We're supposed to say, hmm, if this happened to them, because they weren't so good, what could happen to us? The expectations for us to be good are even greater. We have... 613 mitzvahs we have to keep, not just seven. But if the people in Mongolia are being stricken with, with an earthquake or some other catastrophe for no reason at all, then there's no musr. What am I going to learn from that? I'm going to learn that, I'm going to learn chas v'sholem that uh, the world is run the way the, the, the Greek mythologists thought it was run. Everything is just the whim of the gods. Things just happen, terrible. And what can you do? There's nothing you can do. You can try to bring sacrifices to the gods. Maybe they'll like you better. But there's really no, there's no morality. There's no, there's no fairness. That can't be. It has to be that the, the people suffering in Mongolia, they are sinners. We don't necessarily have to know exactly what the sin is. But it has to be that in some way, they are deserving of what happened. And therefore, we have to take the lesson that we better make sure that something doesn't happen to us because of what we're deserving to have happen to us, chas v'sholem. In order for what's going on with Parai to correspond to Rashi's source in Sefania, Rashi has to say that Paro is liable for punishment, that Paro did willingly do something wrong. So he has to say, by the first five makas, it doesn't say 
that Hashem hardened his heart. By the first five Makais, Paroi was just stubborn because that's how he was and because he's not a nice person and because he doesn't want to do any favors for B'nai Yisrael. Therefore, when it comes to the second set of Makais, the second set of five Makais, and Paro is being beaten about ruthlessly, then then the Bnei Yisrael will see this and they will take Musabas. Oh, Paro, such a bad person. And look what happened to him. You know, we better watch out. We're not so great ourselves. What could happen to us? Good job. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash